Hello, and welcome to another episode of District Fray Radio. As always, I'm your host, Trent Johnson, although I won't be your host for much longer in this episode, as we don't have a lot to say here in our little introduction, other than to say you have an exquisite interview between M.K. Kaziki and artist Marley McFly to look forward to. Um, Marley McFly and M.K. talked about a ton of things, including being an artist during the quarantine, the Black Lives Matter movement, and how artists are sort of navigating the recent uptick in requests, and a bunch of other things, including what galleries might be like when they start to reopen. So with that being said, I'm going to phase in to the interview between MK and Marley. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. I'm looking forward to uh, having you included on the podcast. Um, thanks for reaching out to us. And no problem. Yeah, look, if you just want to start by introducing yourself, um, but yeah, uh, go right ahead. <laughs> I am Marley. I am an artist originally from Virginia, the 757 area. I'm now here in D.C. Awesome. Cool. And I was looking through your uh, your website and I noticed that you uh, are a self-taught artist and I'm always so interested about, you know, people that have the discipline to teach themselves and then to get to like the level um, of skill that you clearly have now. So can you tell me a little bit more about your process of teaching yourself how to create the kind of art that you make today? Because it seems like it would be really daunting. Um, it- it's it's not as hard as it actually looks. Yeah. Um, you know, just me being a kid, I've always had the ability to just put crayons or pen, just sure. draw things I see. So me, as I got older, I would look at other artists and just basically dissect the way they would do things mm-hmm. and then just take bits and pieces from that. So growing up looking at the Basquiat's, the Warhols, I could just see different things I liked in their work and then just kind of just figure out on my own how they produced that. Yeah, I can definitely see Warhol, especially, and I saw a lot of uh, Lichtenstein when I immediately looked at the pop art when I immediately looked at it. So um, that's so interesting. So it just kind of like evolved from, you know, as a kid drawing and being attracted to that and then kind of going from there. Yep, that's it. Yeah. Um, I think, like, I mean, I wanted to go do the art school route, but yeah. as I started to just figure things out on my own, that was a lot more fun. Yeah. And it seems like definitely like, you know, as a writer, like I went to school for communication, but I've gotten so much more experience just being able to like do stuff like this and write and meet people like in the real world. Then it's like, you know, school's great and you can meet people, but if you're actually getting your hands dirty and doing the work, like that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So I know you mentioned a few of your influences, but I'm so curious if there's, you know, any other influences or any non-art things that you draw inspiration from. I know you mentioned Basquiat and Warhol and Lichtenstein, but like comic books or like things going on in the world or what else do you kind yeah, of uh, comic, comics has always been the biggest thing. Yeah. Just the way they comic artists can you know, visualize the, the natural body movement tied mm-hmm. in with the bright colors that I like to use. So that's always been one of my biggest influences as well as just the ever changing world around us. Uh, a lot mm-hmm. of pop culture references. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And I know you said you're from Newport News and I also saw on your website that you've done a ton of um, exhibitions throughout the East Coast in the U.S. and also all over the world. So um, just what's been your experience like kind of bringing this? I I always associate pop art with being very American, but what's your experience like? Like I noticed you had an exhibition in Tokyo, which I know has an awesome art scene and and things like that. So what's it like bringing your art around the world? How is it It, received? It's fun. Uh, The reception internationally and more overseas, uh, they really gravitate to the bright colors mm. bold lines mm-hmm. so even if they don't actually know the character i use just that that bright color 
just draws them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then as far as like growing up in a little bit, you know, in Virginia, but still a little bit removed from, you know, the DC area, you know, what's the difference between the art scene in DC? And are you are you settled in, in DC now? Like what what's your kind of like uh, overall so, impression? Of um, it? <laughs> I'm settled in DC now. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm slowly still getting my footing. I'm um, mm-hmm. now getting recognized. Or I'm, you know, being seen in the different art groups. I think the biggest difference is there actually is an art scene here. Mm. And Newport News is more individual artists who do art. They usually ship it or sell elsewhere. Whereas DC, you know, when we could actually go out and do things, yeah. there was stuff going on. There was more places that I could actually show art and more of an art following where I would start to see the same people at all of the same events, it seemed like. Yeah, yeah. So more of like a sense of community, maybe yes. also. Yeah. Cool. And I noticed like you collaborated with, you know, I know and pizza has places outside of DC, but I noticed you collaborated with them. And yes. um, I know there's like a mellow mushroom in the DC area too. And you collaborated with them. So tell me about your kind of relationship with working with brands. I could definitely see how you're the like bright colors and the bold lines, like you mentioned would um, connect really well to being like a brand image. So how did those partnerships kind of come about and what was uh, your experience? I'll say a lot of that comes from my, my advertising background. Mm. Um, I went oh, to school cool. for marketing and I've, Before art, I was in a bunch of different advertising, marketing roles. So Mm -hmm. basically everything I took in those roles, I just applied it to my own business. So that helped me reach out to those businesses. And I would actually have what I, what I want to present them with. I just done already. And I just go present it to them. So then it's just a yes or no at that point. So me actually making a visual and giving it to them, it's kind of hard to say no at that point when I make it when I made the art make sense where it's like, why wouldn't we put this? Yeah. Yeah. And you've already, you have the finished product and you're like, it's not even that whole, I would imagine in advertising, there's a lot of like, well, what would this concept look like? It's kind of abstract stuff. But if you're just saying it's not abstract, it's real. And I made it. It's here. Look at it. What do you think? Yeah. That makes it a lot easier. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. So has your advertising background, like in any other capacity, has it come into play with like being able to market your work or anything like that? Like yeah. that's an interesting kind of um, combination of skills that you have. Yeah. It's it's marketing and advertising is something I would recommend to anyone who wants to do art full time. Mm-hmm. A lot of artists I know I speak with, they hate that business side of things. Mm-hmm. I've just, with my background, I'm kind of stuck in that. And mm-hmm. I have to remember to get back to the art side. Yeah. So yeah. that has helped me get in touch with different people because of, you know, previous jobs. I've already had people who, you know, different managers who may have collected art or they may have left another company. So I can reach out to them and get a connection to this other company I want to get in front of. So yeah. a lot of networking, not as much art as I you would think. That's so interesting. Yeah. Here I'm envisioning like when you reached out to us and I looked at your website, I was like, oh, we must just be painting and creating like all the time. But I, I think one tends to forget like the business side of, bu- yes. of the creativity that people possess. And it's right. so important, especially now being able to, to market yourself and stuff like that. So that's yes. cool. Have you, have you had other artists come to you and be like, I don't know how to do this business stuff. Like, what do I do? I would imagine you'd become a resource to like other community members, whether yes, you like I, it I do or not. Have a lot of, a lot of younger artists who they're just like, I, I did X, Y, and Z, but I don't know how to get it in front of people. Yeah. And then once I break it down, I'm like, that makes so much <laughs> sense. I never thought to just find someone's email chain or use LinkedIn, different things like that. Yeah. So, my art career is the same as just your normal nine to five office job where I'm, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on different databases, reaching out to people. 
yeah, you got to get creative. So in you got to get creative. Yeah. In addition to like that kind of mindset and the collaborations that you've done, well, I guess, first of all, before we move on from the collaborations, do you have a favorite? I saw you worked with like Nike and some other big like, international brands. Was there anyone that you were particularly proud of and why were you particularly proud of that one? It, I would say it's either a toss up between Nike and the Nickelodeon collab, just because yeah. I'm a big kid, love cartoons. So yeah. I could see how that too would lend itself so well, like like I said earlier, to like the the kind of style of your art and like the, yes. the bright colors and stuff. And that was probably the quickest collab I did. Like I literally I drew it up on iPad, posted it on Instagram. They DM'd me within 15 minutes. Like, hey, oh, wow. let's make let's make this happen. Yeah. Talking about using using social media to your benefit. Yes. That's amazing. If social media works. If even if you think companies aren't responding to you, aren't getting back to you they see everything yeah so yeah. it wasn't even me reaching out to them it was all the people who inquired about the product like hey how can I buy it how can I get yeah. it so that's where they stepped in like hey let's let's make this happen yeah they were like there's a demand clearly so right. that's awesome have you had any other like interactions with that over social media because I see brands like reposting like fan art or like cool right. things like this but I never hear about the actual like materialization I of, think like, the product. weirdest the weirdest interaction like that was uh it was Popeyes. Oh, like, cool. Like I was just, when the whole like chicken sandwich craze was going yeah. on, I just was, there was one beside me as I was working. Uh-huh. And they reached out to me like, hey, can we use this picture? And they like DM'd me an NDA, like, hey, you know, we want to work with you, do all this stuff. And I'm not sure what happened after, you know, now that we're kind of all tied down. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure where that's actually going to go, but <laughs> that was a very weird interaction. Just like, oh, that's they, so funny. And that had nothing to do with me even creating something for it. It was just that my work was beside their food. And oh my gosh. it kind of just made sense to them. That's so interesting. It's, uh, I'm trying to imagine like the brain of like a social media manager who's like looking through all these things and trying to find it. Right. So yeah, that's cool. Um, so I'm sure that a lot of this stuff has like changed or altered. And I know that the, the pandemic is like everyone's tired of talking about it, but I have to ask, um, yes. you know, how have you adapted as an artist and also somebody with such an entrepreneurial mindset? How have you adapted and how have you been, you know, continuing to not only create for what I would imagine would be like, you know, your own sanity to keep putting something right. up, but also, you know, to kind of keep your, your business and your livelihood going. What does that look like now? Uh, it, it was a, a big switch. Um, mm -hmm. There was more of a focus on merchandise instead of actual mm -hmm. artwork. Yeah. Just because people were in the house, you know, the average person didn't have, you know, thousand dollars to buy a painting at the time. So I was doing little, little things to, that people could use while they're in the house, like puzzles, shot glasses, all kinds of little cool things that didn't cost that much, but made being in the house fun. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I think I had notebooks, sketchbooks, shot glasses, puzzles, all kinds of cool things like that. But then as far as my actual collectors, mm -hmm. I was reaching out to them more often because that money that they would usually use to go, uh, I guess, go travel or do whatever other hobbies they have, they couldn't do those things. So yeah. all they could do was buy art. So I was just constantly putting out art, sending them a price list, just, to just constantly staying on their radar. So if it was a piece they may have been thinking about before. Mm -hmm. They had no reason but to get it now because they don't. They just have money yeah, sitting and you can't money. do anything with it. And you're like, look, it's right here. It'll be fun for you to look at in your house right. every day. Like, I, I got a lot of that. Uh, people who want to do, 
who always wanted to do different home renovations, mm-hmm. but now they have plenty of time and they're in the house and say, well, I'm in my house. I at least want the house to look yeah, something I want to see every day since I'm in here. So that helped me sell a lot of art. Yeah, definitely. Yes. I heard um, our editor interviewed an artist, a uh, DC-based artist. Uh, her name is Amon Surakit Kasson, and she does a lot of like uh, like gray, black and white art. And it's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. But my uh, my point of bringing her up is that she told a story about like putting a painting in like an Uber and sending it away to like a collector that ordered it. So like, how is the logistical side of like dealing with, I'm sure that getting a painting to someone is no small feat and figuring uh, out yes. like, how are you managing that part of it? The, the like, not so fun part of it. The initial shutdown where we like, first all mm-hmm. couldn't go out. FedEx was so hard. Oh my like, gosh, I'm sure. I, like at that time, they would only let two people in the store at a time. So there was, I would try to get there to be the first one there, which everyone else had the same idea. Yeah. So then I'm standing out front with all these paintings, slowly waiting for things to go. And then I would hear from the collectors maybe like four weeks later, like, hey, I got it. Oh my so, gosh. So everything was taking forever. If yeah. it even got to the, the people. That's yeah. I heard horror stories from a lot of like my friends that own like small businesses or like yes. Etsy shops that they like things just disappear. Randomly just disappear. Oh my gosh, that's so stressful. And then the stuff that you mentioned, like shot glasses and puzzles, are you just selling that on your site, or do you have like somebody that you work with so people can purchase those? If any of our listeners are interested, oh, selling it on the site uh, that okay. has been a big, a big problem lately just because yeah. I at the time I order everything before the pandemic so everything mm-hmm. was manufactured sent out to me now mm-hmm. those manufacturers I use it's like hey we're, we're not in the factory or it's going to take a while for us to get things to you so now most of my stuff is sold out and I don't know when I'll be able to actually okay get it. yeah so yeah. there is merchandise floating <laughs> somewhere in <the> somewhere <laughs> Well, when it's uh, if when it's available again, uh, definitely yes. let us know, and we'll uh, we'll let our listeners know because I'm sure that like a puzzle, I'm envisioning like a puzzle version of your art, and like how yes, cool that the would puzzle be. Puzzle was. Everyone is into puzzles now. It's like everyone's favorite new activity. <laughs> yes, I, I did not know how big puzzles were, but yeah, it that instantly sold out, and people were like I need another one. Yeah, yeah, so. that's true. I guess once you've done it once, it kind of like loses its. Yeah, yeah. you don't take it apart. Like, I, I need guess. A new one. <laughs> Yeah, I know. And then you're like, well, I, I remember how to do this from last time. So it's not fun for me anymore. Um, that's cool, though, that you're able to adapt kind of like these uh, these different um, household items into fun things for people to have and also keep your your art going. So that's awesome. Is there anything that you worked on in quarantine, like any new pieces that have come out that you're particularly proud of or any new, you know, just... I don't know. I feel like a lot of creative people, including myself, have like kind of, um, I'm, I'm not an artist, obviously, but have kind of like been able to use this time to, to refocus and do different things. So like, has there been any other like positives on kind of like a bigger level for you as an artist that have come out of this? I think it's been a good as far as just the craftsmanship of my work, mm-hmm. where it's like, I'm, I'm in a rush to go anywhere. So I just can take my time and yeah, perfect yeah. a piece. But then also from a business side, most the people I need to get in front of, they're at home or they're in front of their computer all day. So I'm not getting, chasing them down. <laughs> right. I'm not chasing them down. Usually when I email someone, it's I'm digging back to me in a few minutes just because they're probably on their computer all day anyway, trying to figure out how to adapt to doing their job from home. Yeah. So that's or been like, pretty good. 
doom scrolling on Instagram, looking at everything, and then the email pops up, and they're like, oh, a distraction from right. all the crazy stuff yes. going on. Get away from all that. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then speaking of all the all the crazy stuff in the world, you know, I'm curious, like, um, you know, as an artist, and uh, how are you kind of synthesizing, you know, the COVID pandemic and also, you know, all of the, the you know, Black Lives Matter movement that's come mm-hmm. back up into the, into everyone's consciousness as it should, right. and people are making conscious changes, you know, how is that something that you're synthesizing in, into your, into your work and how do you kind of, you know, I know you mentioned pop culture, but how do you right. kind of reflect the times um, in your work too? Definitely, uh, my artists made a more mature turn mm-hmm. this year. So mm-hmm. that was kind of just pandemic, this Whatever comes next, it's, you, I could see my work progressing, and people yeah. are responding to that well. Where it's kind of, kind of people have, have turned to me as this like the speaking now to mm. so my art to speak on the times. Whereas yeah. most, as an artist, it's kind of our responsibility right now to speak on what's sure. going on. Yeah. Like it's it would be weird for me to just keep making art like nothing's going on around mm-hmm. me. And I I do see. As a black artist, artists in general, it's a great time to use our voice for that. Yeah. I think my the last thing I physically did, physically touched the paintbrush, was the mural for Ann Pisa on U Street. Mm-hmm. So that was a big Black Lives Matter painting. Yeah. So that that was definitely something I was proud of during this time, just to yeah. be out in the community with people, hearing their reception, hearing their opinion on everything that's going on. Yeah. Art has been such an amazing thing, like in this whole movement from what I've been watching. Like I went to, um, not like the initial weekend after everything happened, but the weekend after I went to a protest that ended in the Black Lives Matter Plaza and there was just, people were painting, people had art, had hung up paintings that they had already done, like beautiful portraits of George Floyd and Sandra Bland and all these people. And I was just like, um, you know, I've, just seeing the art and how people are using art to also, you know, uh, get these messages across was, it was really, really cool. And, um, you know, I know that like all the, the paintings on the street are kind of controversial and people have a lot of thoughts about whether or not it's actually helpful. But I think the fact that people are using art, you know, I mean, as a white person, I think it's cool to see, but I don't know if like, you know, the utilization of art, like, I think it's just so, it'll always document this moment in time. It's good. And I love that it's, a lot of it is done by people who aren't, you know, I guess established artists. It's just sure, someone yeah. who had paint and they just spoke their mind. So yeah. That's the coolest part about it. Um, the only downside about all of it mm-hmm. is because, you know, with, with end pieces, I, I had that relationship. I knew, you know, they had already boarded their buildings up. So they're like, hey, paint on the boards. Like, yeah. make, you know, use it. You have free range, do what you want. But what came out of that was a lot of other businesses would see me throughout those two days that I mm-hmm. did it. And they might not necessarily have wanted to, I guess, get behind the movement. They just mm. kind of saw a reason to, to make their boards look nice. So they kept coming up to me like, hey, can you do mine? And it's like, well, you really don't. I'm not doing it just to make your shop look pretty. Right. I'm not going to paint like flowers and rainbows because right. it looks pretty. Like you're you're using your skill and your voice, you know. Right. And that, yeah. it was a lot of that where it was businesses were kind of reaching out to where it's like, okay, if you paint this on my building, no one will smash my windows because they think that I'm a part of the movement. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like I was painting a shield for people instead of actually voicing their opinion. So oh, that's, that's something so I've, I've been real vocal trying to tell other artists, like, hey, it's some of these businesses aren't really with the movement. They just see this as a way that it makes them look good. Wow. I, I mean, 
people continue to surprise me in a negative way sometime i would have never that crossed my mind it would have never crossed my mind like like the whole time i'm exchanging contact information with different owners Mm -hmm. but then this it was just this one owner i forgot where he was where he was from Mm -hmm. but that is what really struck me because he wanted to pay me to stop what i was doing so that i could hurry up and do his oh my god that's when it triggered like you don't care about the movement you just want your business to look good wow yeah that's i that's such a tricky thing to like i don't even think i would have been able to like suss out like what somebody's intentions are but i guess that does make sense there are people that have bad intentions and i'm right. sure that you know not only as an artist but as a black artist that that is like something that you just you're just like that's so discouraging that's, that's the probably the most discouraging most challenging thing for yeah. me right now because people don't know how to handle what's mm-hmm. going on mm-hmm. so they're just reaching out to black artists and it's not the most genuine at times. Yeah. But a lot yeah. of what I'm doing now is with people I've already established a relationship with. Where yeah. So you know that they value, you know, what's right. going on regardless of the state of, you know, things. Right. Like so they, those are people who've reached out to me, you know, not even wanting me to do work. It's just like, hey, how are you? Where, yeah. like, how's your mental? How are you holding up? Is everything okay? Mm-hmm. Like, those are relationships I've built. Whereas just from the last three weeks, just random businesses have been reaching out. Like, yeah. hey, campaign on my building which it's it's kind of 50 50 because you still get that point to get your voice out mm-hmm. but you know the reason you're doing it is just to help this business right yeah that's uh that's so crazy i would have never like i said i would have never thought of it that way do you think it's like you know i've noticed so many um businesses and places that are like you know we want to make a conscious effort to connect with you know black artists or queer artists or artists of color um you know is it hard also to tell like when is there a business that really is like okay we weren't featuring these voices before and we really need to and they're so important or like when they're kind of doing what you're saying and and just doing it because they feel like they have to like how do you kind of suck Uh, that out because it seems like that's happening kind of also, I, f- I feel like the smaller businesses are more genuine. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, we, we made a mistake. This was right in front of us the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know, let us, let us help, let us learn. Yeah. Whereas the yeah. bigger businesses are kind of just like, let's throw some money at them. Let's go find some black artists. And that we did our part. Yeah. Like, uh, I had a friend who Microsoft interacted with her. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, we want you to paint one of our stores. And the way they worded it is just, it was blatant. It's like, hey, we want this painted and we would like it in a timely manner. That way it, it coincides with the riots that are going on, why they're relevant. It's mm-hmm. like, wait, it's always relevant. It's not just. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So. And I've noticed a lot of people using like, you know, terminology around like, you know, this isn't a moment, it's a movement, like this will continue right. to happen. That's like, exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. So, and people are probably like, oh, well then people will take photos and our mural will be there and we'll look like we're so inclusive. That's exactly what it is. But they're not yes. examining like the, you know, inclusivity of maybe like their staff or their own right. implicit bias and stuff. So yeah, it's it, that must add another layer of like, you know, you want the work and you want your voice to, to be heard, but you don't, you want it to be genuine right. and coming from a place of like, you know, they really want your work to be there. So, wow, that's a, that's, that's a lot of, a lot of layers, a lot of challenges a lot going of, on right now. Yeah. A lot of different, I guess, questioning yourself, kind of just yeah. going with your gut. Um, yeah. I, just me, I have conversations with other artists and they, they've seen the same thing and it's just like, well, I do need the money. Mm-hmm. I am still getting my point across, but mm-hmm. it's just that 
I'm kind of doing it for someone who really doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. That's doesn't hard. back it. So all that being said, and you know, the pandemic being a stressful time and then, uh, you know, now everything else going on and you balancing these things as a black artist, how are you taking care of yourself? And, you know, what advice do you have for other artists and, you know, other young people who are either, you know, kind of trying to use their voice and use their art to support the movement and to still make money or they're black artists and they're trying to find their way. Like, how are you prioritizing that for yourself? And how do you recommend other people do that too? Um, one thing, um, Definitely one thing I didn't do as much before the pandemic is conversations with other artists, just mm-hmm. picking their mind, seeing, make sure we're all on the same page. Mm-hmm. That way because at times you can feel like you're in this on your own. You know, we're stuck in the house, everything's going on. And a lot of us, we see each other's work, but we may not actually fully break down or have those conversations. Right. So that's one yeah. thing I've been doing, just picking someone else to pray. Hey, how are you holding up? You know, how are you staying afloat? Just, you know, is anything on your mind, anything bothering you? Just having those conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to get so wrapped up in my art that now I've tried to find hobbies outside of it. Mm-hmm. So I would just, I'll get out, go jogging, go running, enjoy nature. So something to get away from the business. Because yeah. now that I'm in the house all the time, business is all there is. Yeah. So just have to sit it down sometimes to get away from it. Yeah. It's so hard working from home. I feel like no matter what you do, like doing work in your room and then being like, Oh, it's 5 PM time to log off or, Oh, I finished this piece time to, you know, relax. It's so hard to like tell yourself to stop that. It's so so hard, especially when it's just, even if you walk away, it's just there. So you're going to come back to it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, those are all the questions that I had for you. Is there anything that we didn't chat about that you want to, you want to bring up or also include in the conversation? Uh, I think those are my biggest things. Um, I guess I guess for you guys, how's, what's been the biggest change for you? Oh gosh, it's, uh, it's been just working remotely and being in such a collaborative industry has been a big challenge. Um, you know, we do like today we're in the office and we're, you know, there's only four of us on staff. So we're able to like sit apart and space out and still, you know, collaborate when we get closer to, um, our production time, which is slowly creeping up on us in the beginning of July already. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, and I was, I would imagine also like as an artist and you're saying having these conversations, it's like, we can have conversations about like, you know, uh, what's going to be the angle of this? Who, what freelancers do you want to do, you know, hire, but it's that some of the nuance is lost on the phone. And it's so hard. Like, you know, we started doing the podcast, which has been great, but I love doing in-person interviews. So losing that kind of nuance too sucks. Right. Yeah, it's just a big, it's a big adjustment. And, you know, I feel like part of me has adjusted to the point where it's like, when things go back to whatever normal looks like, I'll be like, what is that? Yes. (laughs) So you you do the physical magazine too, right? We do. Yeah. So we have, uh, we have a lot of online content too, but then, yeah, we've been, uh, we've been kind of focusing on the the print copy. Um, We were, we kind of rebranded with the name and with a lot of the design. So we've been putting a lot more into the visuals lately, which is wonderful and it's so great and we have an awesome designer but again without that collaborative effort it's like there is some nuance lost to it so I'm really proud of our team that we've been able to persevere but it's a challenge you know as a creative person who thrives you know I'm sure you can relate off of other people and being around right. other people and that energy and you're in your house all day you're all like, oh God. Day. Yes. so yeah, it's tough, but I mean, definitely, you know, learned a lot and I adopted a dog during the pandemic. So that's been nice to have, to have her. I'm like, Oh, well, I have to go take her for a walk. So then I'll have, like you're saying, about we'll dogs, I have to leave. Yes. I have to go walk her. Um, so stuff like that, but yeah, it's uh, you know, and it's crazy as things start to slowly open. It's like, we were trying to figure out for like an article, what 
Virginia bars are open and what DC bars are open. And it's like, I have whiplash from like this, all this phase, whatever. Stuff. Right. So it's crazy, but yeah. I bet. Yeah. But you know, it's also given us with all of the, you know, the black lives matter movement happening right in our backyard. It's given us a lot of opportunities to, you know, cover that more. And usually we're just arts and culture, you know, coverage, but you know, we all realize how much, you know, work that, we have to do and that we can be part of as, right. you know, a magazine staff, even though, even though we're not like the New Yorker covering huge news stories, we can still, you know, do our part and help out. So we've, we had an awesome, a photographer take an amazing photo gallery. Um, a lot of us have been able to, you know, go out and like, you know, post of, you know, repost things online. So it's right. kind of given us a new, a new angle with which to look at things. And, you know, it sucks that it took this long, but I'm glad that we have this, uh, you know, we have our voice and our platform. Yes. We can use, so, yeah. Yes. I, I think the new, the new look of the magazine is more, what's the word? I guess more, it, it grabs you more. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. We've, uh, we're, we definitely all got to put our mark on it. You know, I've been, I started as an intern. I've been here for two years now. Yeah. Um, so seeing it evolve, I'm really proud of, you know, being able to be, you know, a little bit more uh, reflective of the DC community and more inclusive right. and cover stuff that we're all actually passionate about. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been, there's some, definitely some good stuff that's come out of the quarantine yes. and us being able to focus on it, but terrible timing that we rebranded in like March and then everything yeah, shut down I, like I, two I, weeks later. I think I literally, I picked up that issue and then like, I was just in the house after yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but we've still been able to put out the print product. Um, nice. We've still been able to, you know, have some digital stuff go up. We were able to start the podcast during the pandemic because, um, you know, we had kind of the time to be able to sit down and like have these, you know, more intense conversations and just like, hey, I have 10 minutes to get a quote from you, um, which has been awesome. I think for me also as a writer to kind of be able to work on that skill and get to know people that I interview better nice. so um yeah it's a lot of change but not all of it is bad and just lucky that you know we're all healthy all of our families have been healthy through right. all of this so yeah cool. yeah it's a lot but I think for for artists the virtual aspect has mm -hmm. been a challenge just because they say if you do a virtual art gallery that's just like looking on google for things so yeah. a lot of people it's hard to get people to actually come to a virtual gallery mm -hmm. it's like well I kind of want to get out and meet the artists and be in front of people and right. mingle, which was yeah. why people go to gallery openings. Mm -hmm. Whereas the virtual is kind of like, I can look at these pictures at any time or yeah. can't you just send me these pictures? So it's like, it's, yeah. it's a challenge. And some of the, the nuance I would imagine is lost with like, you know, you look at a big, beautiful work of art and you see the texture and you see right. the lines and you see the signature on the bottom and maybe there's an artist statement there. It's like, there is definitely, I could imagine right. something that you, I would find myself probably frustrated with not being able to like see it as it was intended. Exactly. And I'm sure as an artist that frustrates you too, that your full right. vision isn't getting communicated. It's like an Instagram yeah. feed. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. It's, it's, we had a virtual gallery for years now. Yeah, yeah. On Instagram. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, you know, why would why do people go to see like stuff like the Mona Lisa or the Degas sculpture? Right. It's like if if you could capture all of that in just an image, people would just be on Google all day being all like fan go. Like, you right. know, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't matter. But that's yeah. exactly what it is. And yeah. just the reception I get in person where someone who may not have known my work mm -hmm. was that big or the different textures or that the the brights jump off the way they do. So it's yeah. always someone who's like, hey, this looks so much better in person. So it's, that aspect is missing. 
Yeah, absolutely. Are you looking forward to being able to, I don't know what, uh, where galleries are included in like the phase openings and stuff like that, but whenever that may happen for you, are you looking forward to being able uh, to kind of get out there again? I think a lot of them aren't really, Yeah. I think even once they open up, they're still going to do the virtual thing. Mm -hmm. um, now there's a few who do like appointment only where it's like one person can come meet the artist. So that that's cool, but mm -hmm. I think a lot are going the the virtual route. I know yeah. I'm doing the, uh, the by the people art fair. Oh, that's yeah. that's yeah. all going to be virtual now. Oh, wow. And it was cool. Like I just got the email. They're doing a preview night where you buy the ticket and someone like total wine sends you a bottle of wine and different like snacks. Oh that's so, so just, cool. So they, they actually try to make it as immersive as possible. Yeah. Get, bring a little bit of the traditional, you know, like, orders and things yes. like that at, a, at an art fair as possible. Right. Yeah, that's, I know we're hosting a, a Pride themed virtual art fair and, you know, I'm not on the events team, so I'm not as involved as the nuances of planning it, but I was hearing them talk about it and I was like, wow, there's yeah, a lot going into even figuring out how that's going to work logistically, right. not only from your end, but from the artist's end to make sure that everything is like being shown in yes. a way that's actually reflective of, you know, the art and stuff like that. So yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to see how the art world kind of as the pandemic unfolds, however it does, yes. see how those things evolve because yeah, and, it's complicated. And you still have to be considerate of other people. Like even when like the bars are opening up, I could see just like some of my favorite bars. I could see people commenting like, "That's that's not social distancing." Mm -hmm. Those are there are twenty people in there, so there's still people. No matter how you carry it out, people are going to have their opinion. Oh on gosh, that. yeah. So like even yeah. I did, I did like a. Instagram live takeover for someone a couple mm -hmm. weeks ago. And people are like, why are you out the house? Why are you going <laughs> to these places? I'm like, I'm by myself just scrolling, showing people the city. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not in anyone's face. So it's That's funny. Yeah. I know I was in a CVS the other day and a lady walked in without her mask and the lady at the cashier was very nice. I was like, Oh, you need a mask. And the woman was like, oh, I forgot it. I just need to get it. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Like yes. people are being so crazy. Yes. I worked in retail for a super, super long time before I came and started working here. And I can only imagine how complicated I could not <laughs> imagine going back to retail. Right oh now. gosh. <laughs> yeah. It must be absolute, absolute chaos. And, and yes. I just, I keep thinking of my old store and being like, I wonder what they're doing right now. Like, Cause I would imagine our clientele are not taking well to wearing that. Yes, I'm pretty sure because I I would get it bad on just a normal day. So with, with yes. everything going on now, it's it can be a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, hope maybe one day soon galleries will open and it'll just be ten people and everybody sits six maybe. feet apart and wears masks. Yes, um, that wouldn't be too terrible. That wouldn't be too bad. I think yeah. a, a gallery experience with less people is ideal. Mm -hmm. um, you know, whenever I'm at a I have an opening and there's a lot of people there. I don't get to meet everyone. Yeah. So then that's not my doing. I wish I could. There's always just one person who just hogs me and I mm. just wants to talk forever and then I'll miss someone. Yeah. So just a small five on five. I think that could work. Yeah. That might, uh, that might actually add to, you know, you being able to really showcase your art and explain it and maybe get some yes. really interested people who, who, you know, want to add it to their collection. Right. So could be another, another good thing. It could be another good thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, on that note, um, just wrapping up, is there anything that you want to plug like social media or any upcoming things people can check out, um, that you have going on any new collabs, um, that you want to let our listeners know about? Um, just the Instagram is probably the biggest thing. Uh, Marley underscore McFly 87. 
Awesome. Um, not too many things going on. Just more admin things right now mm-hmm. on the business side. So kind of just brainstorming so that I can put out more work and collaborations and things like that. Awesome. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you've been super busy and, and, you know, done a lot during, uh, during COVID and all the, you know, the new movement, the Black Lives Matter movement coming up and you painting these murals. And um, so it was awesome to, to get to chat with you about that. And uh, listeners definitely follow Marley McFly on uh, Instagram. You said it was Marley underscore McFly 87 yes. on Instagram. And then your website is just Marley, is Marley McFly. Marley McFly. Yes. Marley Awesome. That's so it. yeah. And, uh, and I'm sure, you know, keep us posted on any upcoming stuff you have and you know maybe yes, so. other places to to plug stuff you've got going on or new collabs or things like that we'll so we're, yeah do. keep in touch so awesome yeah well this was so great to chat with you um i really appreciate your time and yeah like i said if if anything else comes up you know things start opening up and you've got new stuff in the works keep us posted um we're Absolutely. always looking for fun new art things to cover um and you know cool new cool new works to feature so yeah yes i will cool. definitely keep in touch 